Valentine's Day. Ah, February. Love is in the air. Every year around this time, Americans flock to the nearest Walmart and spend their hard-earned money on stuff they don't need. According to the National Retail Foundation, Americans are poised to drop a cool $19.6 billion on Valentine's Day this year. But why? Where does this holiday come from? And why do so many people celebrate it? As it turns out, the truth about Valentine's Day is far more sinister than most people realize. To find its true origins, we must go all the way back to ancient Babylon. It is here where the figure we know as Cupid emerges. The name Cupid comes from the Latin verb cupre, meaning to desire. Cupid was the son of Venus, the Roman goddess of beauty and love. Originally known as Tammuz and Ishtar, this mother and son couple are the progenitors of all pagan religions on earth today. In this ancient Babylonian writing, we can see the true identity of Tammuz revealed. Quote, the little demons and the great demons cried aloud. Demons and their companions cried aloud. Our heroic Lord, he who was seized away, forsake us not. Tammuz, our Lord, was seized away, forsake us not. End quote. Yes, you heard that correctly. Tammuz is being referred to as the Lord of Demons. In this 1914 book entitled Tammuz and Ishtar, the author S. Langdon gives us more detail about the true identity. Of Tammuz. Quote, the litanies and the theological lists refer to Tammuz by a title which occurs as frequently as any other, and which I have reserved for a separate treatment. For in this title, we have evidence that this deity was connected with serpent worship. It is true that this connection is to be regarded as prehistoric and one which was forgotten in the age when our sources begin. For not only is Tammuz called the Great Serpent Dragon, but the same title is more than once applied to the Mother Goddess herself. The title in Sumerian is God, a name which is regarded by the theologians apparently as the most important of all the titles of Tammuz. The name should mean the Great Serpent of Heaven. End quote. The Great Serpent of Heaven. Hmm. Where have we heard that before? Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. 
And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Mythology describes Tammuz as having both a cruel and a happy personality. He would use his invisible arrows tipped with gold to strike unsuspecting men and women, causing them to fall in love. He did not do this for their benefit, but to drive them crazy with intense passion and to make their lives miserable and laugh at the results. Famously, Tammuz used the love arrow on his own mother, causing her to fall madly in love with him. Mother and son got married and the story of Cupid was born. Quote, In Babylonian religion, the earth goddess was regarded as the mother and wife of Tammuz. That the son should be also the lover of the goddess is explained on the assumption that in ancient society, the imperial power descended through the female line. In that case, the heir to a throne is the daughter of a king. To retain a throne, the son of a king must marry his sister, or, failing a sister, his own mother. In the Sumerian myth, we have both circumstances represented. In the Egyptian version, Isis is the sister of her husband Osiris. In Sumer, the original myth represented the mother goddess as the mother of Tammuz. End quote. Now, further down in the story, as Tammuz grows and becomes a man, Tammuz actually marries his mother, and they have a very uh, sexual relationship. And that baby Tammuz and his mother Semiramis is where you get the story of Cupid. So now that we know where Cupid comes from, let's take a look at Valentine's Day itself. The association between mid-February and romance goes back to a pagan festival known as Lupercalia, likely honoring either Lupa, the she-wolf of Rome, who suckled Romulus and Remus, or Faunus, their god of fertility. The festivities began with an animal sacrifice. Then the ritualistic slapping of young women with strips of the animal's skin and blood to bestow fertility for the coming year. Alberta Mildred Franklin writes this in her 1921 book entitled The Lupercalia. Quote, These occasions are celebrated by the worshippers with extravagant orgies of mourning and of joy. In the death and the resurrection of the deity, the people find assurance of human immortality. Much of the homage offered by this agricultural people to its earth goddess consists of fertility charms to arouse the dormant powers of productivity or to secure rain for the crops. But often, the goddess withholds her blessing and sends barrenness, blight, and pestilence upon her people. To advert these destructive forces, and to set free all beneficent activities, the devotees resort to strange orgiastic practices. Often, they seek to propitiate the dread goddess by the sacrifice of a human being." Most people are completely unaware of this link between human sacrifice and Valentine's Day. Let's continue. Pausinius, an ancient Greek geographer and historian, tells us that, quote, a child was sacrificed, his blood sprinkled upon the altar, and his entrails tasted sacramentally by the priest. 
Thereupon, say the legends, he who had tasted the entrails was transformed into a werewolf for a period of nine years, end quote. Werewolves, human sacrifice, incest, and orgies. These are all reasons why we should avoid celebrating Valentine's Day, but we're not done yet. As mentioned, the Romans celebrated Lupercalia to honor the hunter god, Lupercus. To the Greeks, from whom the Romans had copied most of their mythology, Lupercus was known as Pan, the god of light. The Phoenicians worshipped the same deity as Baal, the sun god. Baal was one of many names or titles for Nimrod, a mighty hunter, especially of wolves. Defying God, Nimrod was the originator of the Babylonian mystery religions, whose mythologies have been copied by the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, and a multitude of peoples around the world. Under different names or titles, Pan, Lupercus, Saturn, Osiris, Tammuz, Nimrod, is the strongman and the hunter-warrior god of the ancients. Now, let's move on to the heart symbol and why we associate it with Valentine's Day and love. The title Baal means Lord or Master and is mentioned throughout the Bible as the god of the pagans. God warned his people not to worship or even tolerate the ways of Baal. In the ancient Chaldean language, which is the original language of the Babylonians, Baal, which is similar to Baal, meant heart. So there you have it. Historical proof that the holiday we know as Valentine's Day is nothing but an ancient ritual repackaged for modern times. In the 5th century, perhaps in an effort to Christianize the pagan festival, Pope Gelasius declared February 14th as St. Valentine's Day. As for the real St. Valentine, there were reportedly several canonized by the church. Legend has it that one St. Valentine, a defiant Roman priest, lived during the 3rd century AD under Emperor Claudius II. Claudius was an ambitious ruler. His battles required vast armies of men to abandon their young families for long periods of time, resulting in a military that was half-hearted and homesick. So determined was Claudius to stop love from sapping the will of his armies, he banned marriages altogether. Father Valentine thought the ban unjust and defied the emperor, continuing to marry young lovers in secret. The emperor eventually caught on to the priest's actions, arrested him, and sentenced him to death. Good morning, beloved brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome back to the waiting room. I pray that you rested well. I pray that you woke up with a sense of urgency to chase after your God. I hope that you guys enjoyed the intro. I hope you enjoyed the uh, introduction to what Valentine's Day truly is. I bet you never knew that you've been programmed to lust after people. You have been programmed for passions and sex and lust, not love. What you see out there in the world, that isn't love, that's passion and sex and lust. And I'm telling you today, beloved brothers and sisters, come out of it. Don't spend all your money. 
Don't spend all your money as a token of showing your affection for somebody, especially for this holiday. It is dark and it is twisted and it goes back to the days of Babylon. And it, it worships false gods and goddesses and you're partaking in things that are ancient and ritualistic and still has power today. And today I'm just saying, beloved, won't you put God first? Won't you put down these traditions of men? Put them down. Get to know God. Get to know why everybody's fighting about God. You don't want to get to know God because it messes with your ego. It means putting him first. That means putting yourself last. He can change your heart, beloved. And I know this because he changed my heart. He took all the wickedness, all the hate, all the deceit, all the yearning for darkness, everything. He took it away from me. And he replaced it with love and understanding and patience and endurance and an absolute desire to know him and to bring everybody I can with me because that's why we're here. We're not here for all these retarded celebrations. We're not here for all these distractions. I know it seems that time just goes on, but time is finite here. Time is finite. And it's only been about the the last 150 years or so that we've been drawn away from God. Our ancestors knew God. They know the truth. They know that when all these false gods were roaming the earth, it was the same time as Noah was here. It was the same time. It was all at the same time. This is why the flood came, beloved. People were being devoured by giants. People were being killed because these false gods were demanding sacrifices of humans. Human DNA was being muddied by the fallen that took of themselves wives. They wanted to prevent the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? Because Satan was in the garden. The serpent is smarter than you. And he knew that the seed of a woman didn't exist. So when God spoke that, he knew it was supernatural. He knew that the birth would be supernatural. That's why these stories of Ishtar and Tammuz and Semiramis and Osiris and all of these false gods came before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was born. Because Satan is smarter than you. You have to want the truth. You have to love God so much and want the truth to get it. Today I pray that you put down the false traditions of men and these false gods that you worship. And I pray that you pick up your Bible and I pray that you fall to your knees and you ask the Lord into your heart. You ask him to reveal himself to you and to change your heart. I really pray that God does a work in your heart today because that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how popular you are. It doesn't matter what kind of a past you have. It doesn't matter what kind of goals you have. What is written is going to happen just as it is written. 
we're running out of time. And while the world distracts you with all of these things, I'm here to remind you that we are almost out of time. If you don't know Jesus Christ is God in the flesh and the only way to heaven and the only way you're going to be saved, your salvation depends on your belief in what he did for you and who he is. Don't you want to go? Don't you want to go? Don't you know the promises of your God? The creator of all things? Who in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So don't come at me with who was he praying to in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was showing you what we're supposed to do. He was showing everybody what we're supposed to do. Lean on God, get to our knees, cry to him, holler out to him and beg him. Invite him into your heart today, beloved, while there's still time. God bless you in a mighty, mighty way today. I pray that this opens somebody's eyes. God bless you guys. Until next time.